This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. Annyeonghaseyo. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. Listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. 
Kia ora everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Futures, a show by Foreign About, the multicultural people of Dunedin and New Zealand. So today we have Sean Teo, the OUSA International Representative, um, a very good friend of mine. I haven't caught up with him for a very long time, so he's here today to catch us up on what's going on with his life and um, just two friends catching up. Yeah, it's going to be good. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> it feels good to be back. I'm so excited. I've missed you. Me too. It's so good to see you as well. Yeah, mm. especially with like how busy our lives can be as well. It's just nice like after a long time of not catching up to just like see friends and then you just get this spark of like, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't seen you in a long time. How have you been and all that? Yeah, I think that's the case with adult friendships. Oh, yeah. Like you don't have to hang out all the time, but once you do... You just come back and revisit everything. Yeah, I feel like the distance and the space and just the time apart also helps to strengthen those relationships a lot as well. And especially if both sides reciprocate, um, it makes the relationship much more like valuable and it's just priceless. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Sean, you just came back from Christchurch. <laughs> Why were you there? <laughs> uh, you know, to travel to eat, but mainly I got a tattoo. <laughs> <gasps> okay, let's talk about the tattoo. Yeah, so I got a what we call a yako, a yako, which is a good fox or kitsune. Right, so it's a Japanese fox and it's based on this Japanese poster that I have in my room. Yeah, I really love Japanese culture and I always like really enjoy the art and the history of the people. Um, and this poster just really like resonated with me a lot on a deeper level. So like the original poster has these like little cute foxes with these um, what they call kitsunebi uh, foxfires. And these foxfires are like a part of that fox's soul. So the fires sort of represent like the experiences that the foxes can bring out and the sort of happy memories or whatever memories that you can think of. Um, so I decided to get a tattoo based on that and, you know, wow. inspired from that. Yeah. So I got a nine-tailed fox or <gasps> nine-tailed kitsune or kyubi, which is just nine tails in Japanese. <laughs> um, mm. And it's... It's a big piece. Uh, you guys can't see it now, but... It is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so much colours as well. Yeah. yeah, and not all the colours aren't even in yet. So yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited for like the next couple sessions. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. I think like... Um, because Muslims, we can't have tattoos, but I just love seeing them on people. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the modern day, like, people are so creative with, like, their yeah. art nowadays. Uh, especially the art on bodies, I guess, yeah. And it's so cool to see how many different sort of interpretations, sort of styles that people can come up with and sort of the ideas. And it all starts with just each individual. I think that's one of the, like, best parts. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And even though Muslims can't, like, get tattoos, like, I get a lot of, like, friends, like, still discussing the topic. And it's it's pretty cool to just be able to, like, share about a sort of a cultural feature, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have our hennas, you know, the temporary oh, yeah. tattoos. Oh, <laughs> It's Certified halal, bro. <laughs> yeah. Halal tattoos there. Yeah. Um... I just love seeing the like identity and the representation you're trying to show when you put it on your body, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like this in particular is a good reminder to, well, its main message is sort of connectedness and how, you know, foxes are these sort of wild free will sort of creatures mm. and they just do whatever they want. But they also have this sense of good morals and, well, it's a very balanced like virtue sort of thing going on. 
Um, and this one makes me feel connected to not Aww. just the people around me, but to myself and to the spiritual side of my life and to nature, especially nature, you know, just being able to take in the, you know, the energy of the world. I think that's one of the most important things that we should acknowledge and take it all in, you know, especially in Dunedin, you know, so many good spots, so many good spots to just like really enjoy the scenery and enjoy the sounds, the senses, everything. And there's so many places in Dunedin I haven't explored. Yeah, yeah. And we've been here for, well, you've been here for <laughs> so long too, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I can't believe it. I, I think that's the charm of Dunedin, right? It's just, it may be tinier than the other cities, but we definitely have a lot going on. Mm, yeah. Hidden spots as well. Yeah, a lot, mm. a lot. Quality, quality. Oh, well, I'm so happy you're here. Um, even though you're back from Christchurch. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, and this year, you've been really busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us why you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> so as the international student rep, I deal with a lot of advocacy matters to do with international students. And this year has been a bit of a rough start, um, but it's been such a great journey. Like It's just been an amazing experience to just be working with such people who care about the community. Um, and that's the main thing, really, just the community. Because without the community, this role wouldn't exist. Yeah, And just being able to deal with issues that international students bring up to me has been a privilege, but also a pleasure. Like, you know, people will say, like, oh, it's like such a heavy burden, but I'm honored to be part of this wider system and I'm honored to be able to help out where I can. Even if sometimes, you know, I'm a bit mired and. I can't help out as much as possible. Like I re really want to like just point them in the right direction and see where we can go with that. Yeah. So that's sort of the general gist of it. But uh, specifically, you know, dealing with like visa issues or like lecturer issues, like especially with postgraduates this year, we have more postgraduate support this year with our postgraduate officer. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Lo Wei Hong, um, and he. You know, he's done some fantastic work. Um, and Arena here is, you know, she's seen the birth of Oisa, right? Uh, the and, baby. <laughs> and to update you, like, it's definitely grown into, I'd say, a juvenile at this point, where, Aww. you know, it's finding its footing. It's, you know, not running yet, but it's, like, definitely walking and, like, finding its pathing. And we're just trying to take care of this baby, right? Mm. We're just trying to make sure that this child grows up in a very safe and supportive environment. So this year, I've been working a lot on policies to enforce a healthier uh, work-life balance for my team. Mm. Um, they get to choose, so I don't like sort of try and force it upon them. They get to choose whether or not how much they want to work, how much they don't want to work, um, which, you know, obviously has its issues, but then that's part of the whole association work that goes into it. Like, it's testing the waters. Um, like specifically, we got the social media policy where well, Geraldi this year, uh -huh. he's our social media officer, right? And um, I just made it sure that he doesn't get these like last minute, like, hey, can you post this story? Can you, you know, yeah. you do that? Because it's quite taxing on your life, especially when you, when you have a lot going on. And I acknowledge that it's something that us in the cultural space and in the international space like struggle with a lot. Uh, especially with setting these boundaries. So I've sort of just been trying to practice these boundaries by setting it within the team and see how that goes. So, for example, 6 p.m. cutoff times. Um, like, you can chat in the text groups and all that, but you don't have to reply right until the uh... next day. 
<laughs> that is so good. That was something that wasn't in place when I was there. So I'm really happy that you guys thought about that and like made the initiative to change how things were. Yeah, I think just in this day and age, it's important to take care of ourselves, right? And everybody, you know, like we know in this space, like echoes those sentiments. But mm. I think we just don't know how to do it. And it just comes with practice and experience and just trying to test the waters with whatever you think will work at the time. It may not be right, it may not be wrong, you know. We never know, but it's good to just make sure we find a good system so that we can all work within those boundaries. Because we're all students. Yeah. Right? We're all students. God, I am so happy to hear this because uh, back then, OISA wasn't even a thing. So um, I didn't have a co-president. So I was basically doing you and your other co-president's job yeah, all in one. all in one. And it wasn't a 10 our role it was like a 40 hour yeah, thing yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it was just 24 7 and you were just on call and like compared to the you don't get paid as much as well for like the 20 hour roles or the yeah. 40 hour role right um and I, that's something that even OUSA acknowledges uh so it's improved this year apparently and I'm it's so continuing happy. to improve so we're happy that the future generation will get like Aww. more benefits and more privileges with this yeah and I really like you mentioned that international students are the people who are prone to overwork themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't have a work-life balance wherever we came yeah, from. Yeah, it's a massive issue. It's yeah. a massive issue. Like when I went back to Malaysia, it was so apparent. Like the stressing, like the stress life work balance is so, so much, you know, to deal with. And I could just see it with my sister. And she's one of the most like grounded people, you know, does yoga Aww. every day. Um, meditates like every morning <laughs> and she works out yeah like you know full vegan diet or oh, something like that right wow. and like eight hours of sleep at night you know wow power right um but she even she struggles with that so oh. you can see the definite effects that um a society or a culture can have on an individual's well-being so it was just really interesting to see sort of the impacts of that yeah Hmm. So let's touch on that because I think I really like talking about work-life balance and with yeah, you, you know, because yeah. we're both so interested in this. Yeah, plus we both study psychology. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> it's the best Well, you graduated the, but... <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. but I read, I always read books yeah, on yeah. Um, work-life balance and trying to find that uh, balance. And um, also there are so many YouTube videos on, instead of calling it work-life balance, but work-life harmony... I love that. Huh. Oh, yeah, that's that's such a nice word for it. Because sometimes I feel like when you use the word balance, it's like you have to keep things steady and on a tight rope. But balance is actually going up and down. Yeah. Right? You don't stay like in the middle ground. You just, you reach the middle ground for a while, then you go up and then you go down, right? And also you can't be 50% on one thing and 50% on the other. Sometimes yeah, exactly. it tips a bit. And and it's okay to have that shift. I feel yeah. like people need to realize this. Or um, I think there just needs to be more talks about this in general. That's why I like harmony as a mm. word better. Yeah. It's like, you know, in an orchestra, you need a harmony and harmonies go up and down. There's a crescendo, there's like a fall, there's a rise. Yeah. yeah. Same thing, really. It's just the music of life. And also with the word harmony, saying that the work and your home life should be harmonizing together. Exactly. Uh, and they're not like against one another. Yeah, exactly. Because mm. we know that stress, like they'll say like work stress and family stress, they're like separate, but it's actually not the case, right? Uh -huh. um, and those of us in the space know that stress regardless it's just you put labels on it and then you try and like distinguish them but stress is actually an overall thing like it's a holistic um impact on your life 
So if you don't handle one stress, then that will pour onto your other aspect of your life. So mm. I think it's important to acknowledge that even though we try and distinguish them, I think it's cool to try and just ensure that we also take care of that side and just like take care of ourselves in those situations so it doesn't spill over and affect the rest of our relationships or other aspects of our life mm, that is so true and i'm sure that you know this year has been incredibly tough for you what are the things that you learned through your role and um you know how do you maintain a good Uh, relationship with yourself while you're working and you know keep also studying working yeah a lot of other things <laughs> how do i keep things up well if i'm being honest i think it's good to just acknowledge that sometimes you can't like you can try your best and that's what matters right um and even though for example if you're focusing a lot on academics right and you want to get this grade or you want to do really well on this test right Um, I think it's good to acknowledge that there are other aspects of your life that require your attention. And there's this um, skill that I guess prioritizing, you know, prioritizing is just so important. Because if you don't know how to prioritize, then a lot of your work can become like very, like, I I don't think it, the word would be stale, but I guess just sort of monotone sometimes. You're not like, putting 100% on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you're unsure and in that sort of uncertain state of mind, then it becomes really hard to sort of give your all and give your full attention to whatever you're doing in that current moment. So prioritizing is one, but organization, you know. Um, when I was working with the Malaysian students last year, like that was a big problem of just like trying to keep my life a little bit more organized and tidy. Um, but I've sort of gone down the route this year of being a bit more imperfect and leaning into the imperfection of hey like i can't be organized like 100 percent, right yeah. i know people like that and you know that's kudos to them you know but that's not my style that's not my personality mm. i definitely much prefer a more go with the flow attitude yeah but keep it structured you know it's like flexible structures and these flexible structures help to keep me grounded Um, so like just like I said earlier like just setting those boundaries is already so important and then just um, telling myself and giving myself permission in those times to like relax you can rest now you know mm. you can rest you are at home you don't need to worry about that yeah Uh, turn on airplane mode or whatever or yes. like switch off notifications do stuff like that yeah so just organization even in meetings as well like just being more concise to the meeting agendas and stuff like so every item that we go through I try and keep a watch on the time and like acknowledge that the discussions, well, the corridor that goes into these spaces. And it's it's been such a like invaluable experience just being able to be like, all right, thank you everyone for your discussions. And uh, okay, but we got to move on. We'll put a pin on this. Mm. Then we can work on this outside. Yeah. I think just being able to go into these meetings with like the intention. So a more goal-orientated mindset is something that I had to learn from the role this year. Um, and it's helpful with OESA and the structures in place and the systems. Uh, yeah, and you know something pretty cool from this year. Like this, less of a skill, but more of a <laughs> more of a nitpick, I guess, is uh, having to do karakias in meetings um, ah. this year. So I always start off with a karakia to um, for the meeting and a karakia at the end of the meeting as well, and just. Not just like doing a karakia for the sake of doing a karakia, you know. Um, as an international like student and individual, I really want to just respect the space that um, the people of the land, Manofenua and Tangata Fenua, have given to us to be able to help out our students who are living here in New Zealand. And it's something I found to be very um, endearing to me. Like um, 
just having those cultural experiences. I know some international students have gone to Marais before and some haven't. But just going on to a Marais has really made me feel very grateful for this space. Mm. So doing the Karakias is a way of respecting the people and um, learning from their culture on how to like get into this corridor with blessings and with like good good intentions mm. and to basically just go forth with the work that we do and make sure that we do it with a sense of groundedness. Yeah. yeah. I have so much to talk about on that, you know? <laughs> like, um, Karakias is basically like uh, saying your gratitude and also setting your intentions on what you want to achieve and like why you guys are together and just having that togetherness and saying that Karakia together. Um, it's something quite similar to my culture for Muslims we do'a for like we say a prayer for a lot of things like we have like prayer before we eat before we like go to the bathroom it's yeah, really yeah, yeah, random yeah. things like before we start driving um, so I, I just like seeing how there are similarities between my culture and like the Maori uh, culture as well um, and talking about um being respectful of the uh, Manafenua and Tangata Fenua here. I remember when I got my residency a few weeks ago, I felt so <laughs> happy. I know, it's like 13 years since, I, since I've been here calling Aotearoa home and not being able to say it's really, really home oh, because yeah, I'm yeah, still on yeah. a visa. Um, the moment I got residency, I felt like I have to do something for myself and be um, the people here who are originally here. You yeah, know? give back to the community, you know. Yeah, so my friend um, uh, who is a Manafenwa, she helped me to write a pipiha that is perfectly for me as someone who doesn't identify with a mountain here or a river here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's just like I haven't said my pipiha on air yet, but yeah. like I'm still practicing it. And like if there are events, I want to say it. I think that's what I love about um, us as people. Like we do really want to respect that culture mm. that we um, have immersed ourselves in, right? And we want to give it the best sort of cultural attention we can. Uh, and by doing so, like practicing pepehas, whether it be karakias, pepehas, or mihis, um, I think just it's that aspect of respect that helps us to feel more grateful for the culture. Yeah. And, you know, our friends appreciate it too. And it's something that I love like doing, um, not just for them, but together. You know, it's this thing. It's not like one person doing something. It's two people interacting with each other for cultural exchange. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of beautiful how, you know, because we're international students. We are not from here. And yeah. we're like we come here from a different world and we're here and we're with the locals, like especially like the OGs, you know? Yeah, the, the OGs, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Maori people. So um, I think there's so much cultural exchange that could happen there. Yeah, just, uh, there's a lot of discussions to be had and I've had such good like experiences just being able to talk with them about like, oh, we have this in our culture too where like, you know, we're very community-based. We're very like, yeah. you know, we really want to take care of our families and, you know, there's always a space here. Mm. And like doing prayers, like you said, you know, in the Muslim way, there's like a lot of parallels you can draw and these similarities help to bring us together. Mm. Oh, I love talking about this with you. Um, but before that, we let's go on a song break because I know that you brought some songs for us today. Yo. So you might want to introduce one of the songs. 
So, is this the third song you're putting on over there? Oh, any, any yeah. song. So, this is Kaibutsu, which is, uh, well, it's from an anime. Okay. I, I didn't even watch the anime, right? But it's a Japanese song, right? It's a song about just being yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And even though there are times you lament yourself for like vulnerabilities or weaknesses that you might think you have, you eventually get stronger and you want to get stronger as a person. Uh, why? So you can achieve the goals that you sought out to achieve and most importantly, protect the people that you care about and take care of them and support them. Yeah. That sounds like you. <laughs> How beautiful <laughs> which is, is that? Which is why I'm so fond of this song. Yeah. You know? um, okay, so we'll be right back after the song break.
And you're back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina and I'm here with Sean. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! I'm so happy that you're here. We had such a good chat before about like um, the things you're doing with OUSA and also integrating that with culture and well-being and mental health like those are the kinds of conversations i usually have with you yeah yeah mm-hmm. and thanks for allowing me the space to even talk about it again you know i'm so happy to be here as well mm-hmm. uh, it's just been great it's, oh, it's so good to see you again yeah um so i think for the next part of this um show let's talk about um going back to malaysia i'm i was so jealous when i saw that like, <laughs> How dare he? But, you know, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an interesting, like, discourse as well. You know, like, yeah. um, especially being in this role, I feel this sense of responsibility and duty. And I had a really strong sense of, like, I can't go back. I need to help the people here, man. Like, I need to, like, be there for the people. You need and to help yourself. And then every single person that I talked to about that, they were like, shut up. Just yeah. go back home, <laughs> right? Just go. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll give myself permission this time. You know, like, you definitely have to go back home. Yeah. Um, I can talk a little bit about like before, like yes. going back and how that felt. Yeah. yeah. So it was so emotional, you know, like mm-hmm. I just really felt um, lost at one point because like there was just so much I was doing. Like helping the community is sort of helping to cope with homesickness and um, those aspects of my cultural life that I've lost, right, when I've been staying in New Zealand. And New Zealand's been such a good place, like hospitality wise and just like the people here have been so kind to me. But it doesn't necessarily equate to having those cultural needs like met sometimes because it's just a different country. And um, as much as I really, really love New Zealand, like to the core of my heart, right? Um, I do miss home and that's just being a normal human being sometimes, you know? Um, so before I went back, I was just contemplating like all the different things that I needed to do or like the people that I needed to see Aww. and want to hang out with and all that. And it just brought back so many, like, memories, yeah. And I feel like with just being in New Zealand for a long time, I've sort of suppressed those memories uh, indirectly, you know. It's one of those subconscious things where you're living a new life and there's new chapters, new experiences, and you don't really get the time to reminisce reminisce on those good memories you've had back home. Um, So there was almost like a piece of me missing till I went back home, right? And on the flight back, oh my gosh, um... I was so emotional. I, I I was crying on the plane, Aww. right? And luckily, I had this like window seat. Like I remember <laughs> the flight directly back to Malaysia. So it was straight to Singapore first transit, and then back to Malaysia. But from Singapore to Malaysia, I was just looking out the window and seeing the familiar sights and the scenery, the accents running around. It's yeah. like, hey, why you talk like this? Man? <laughs> Yeah, all that's so familiar. And I was just bawling my eyes out. And the, the couple next to me were probably like, what, what is this guy <laughs> doing, man? What is this guy doing? Um, but I really didn't care because yeah. finally I could go home. And having to say that was such, is such a surreal feeling. You know? um, most of our international students, for, just for the context, uh, most of our international students haven't been able to go back home for about two and a half years plus now. Um, but the borders have finally opened, so quite a few international students took the opportunity to go out and actually reunite with their families and their loved ones. So um, I was one of the few individuals who took the opportunity as well because, one, my sister was getting married. Yeah, so it was, like, perfectly time. And we'll get to the to the marriage story, like, very soon. Um, but to summarize just the experience of just, like, flying back home and surprising my family. <gasps> surprising yeah. your family? They didn't know? Yeah, they knew I was coming back in, like, two weeks. Like, I... 
like from that date that I was flying back. So oh. I told them like I'm coming back later. Right. And then they're like, two more weeks till you're back. And then that was like the day before I flew. Oh. And I was like, no, <laughs> not really. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. So I rocked up to my sister's apartment, um, you know, classic KLI and yeah. just the humidity and the hotness. Like for a lot of people, that's like, oh no. Right. But for me, that felt like home. And yeah. The smell as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's just a distinct feeling of it. And it just blasted me with this these like memories of like I mean I am home like it's a surreal feeling and I didn't feel like that for a long long time um and surprising my sisters my mom was trying to keep them like after dinner right um trying to keep them like at their apartment my sister's apartment for a while and she couldn't like she couldn't do that like to the best of her ability just because my sisters were tired and they're like oh I want to go home why are you keeping (laughs) us longer my gosh and then she she just blurted out to my sisters apparently. She's like, Sean is coming back home. Sean is coming back home. And then my sisters went, What? 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 She couldn't what? Keep really? It. Really? Right. Um and only my sister's fiance at the time, um, previously boyfriend, right? Um, only he didn't know, right? Oh, so you surprised him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the only one who didn't know, right? Yeah. So uh, my mom told um Everyone. <laughs> yeah, told everyone except him. Great so job, mom. He, he had the most genuine uh, reaction, right? Yeah. And I could see my sister's face when I saw her. She was like, oh, you're back. Like, <laughs> as if, as if. She, so fake, uh. Yeah, yeah. It was like, she, it, it was like half genuine, half like fake. Because yeah, yeah. like, she hasn't seen me for a long time. But my mom basically told her, oh, go ambil barang from like, uh, yeah. like downstairs, right? And then they went down. And my sister's fiance, who was like, what? <laughs> Oh my god! So that is a genuine reaction. Yeah, yeah, he had the best reaction. He was like just speechless. You know, he was oh. like, "Oh, you're back!" <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was a good thing I did all the crying on the plane because, like, I was just like cried out and like I didn't, you know, had to waste any tears. Yeah. But when I hugged my mom, of course, you know, of course, yeah, of course, you know, and she was like sitting in one room you know when I rocked up into the (laughs) apartment like my sister my other sister just went hey (laughs) it's such a Malaysian thing to just have these like language expressions like it's not even words it's like hey but we understand what it means (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) right Um, and my mom was just waiting in my sister's bedroom right and there's two doors and she was just waiting behind the door on the like other side. And I went through the other door. And she was just I saw her waiting with her like hands like crossed like between um her legs or something like that, right? And she was just like cla- clasping her hands and she was like anxious, you know, you could see like yeah. she was like really like waiting, you know. Because I'm I'm the only son as well. So yeah. she was like, Yeah. Also I forgot how tiny she was. Like <laughs> she was so tiny. <laughs> like uh do you think you've grown? Yeah, yeah. My sisters were like, Oh my god, you got big, man. Yeah. You didn't make you big. <laughs> I'm like, uh really? <laughs> no, I am not sure, man. And it's like, did you work out? I'm like really? <laughs> Yeah, so it was really just wholesome. Yeah, and the weeks after that was just catch-ups and just eating the foods that I wanted to. I gained three kilos in a month, by the way. Um, <laughs> I am not the recommendation. Honestly, no one's judging you. It's Malaysian food. Yeah, and I didn't even like... Um, I'm not one of those people to be like, oh, I got to weigh myself and like, you know, work out and Don't. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> because like, I was just like... I don't care. I'm just going to eat my food, man. Yeah. I'm going to really enjoy it. Malaysian food. Why are yeah. you thinking I, about? I think it's also <laughs> like um, being back home. You don't have to think about lunch or dinner. I live yeah. alone, by the way, right? So I have to think about like oh, what to cook tonight or like when I can cook as well. Like that's a lot on my mind sometimes. 
Um, but at home, suddenly there's lunch. <laughs> suddenly there's dinner. There's tea as well. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> lots of snacks and stuff. Like yeah. I, it went from like two to three meals a day to like five, <laughs> right? <laughs> and no wonder I gained like a lot of weight. But mm. I was happy with that. You know, I was very like it's a um, happy thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I was doing some regular exercise back home because I didn't have to focus on these things, right? Exactly. Yeah, it freed up some space for me to like, actually like do some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I had to do one more exam when I went back, <gasps> which is, um, yeah, so I just did it online, right? But I told um, a couple of my friends, like, it's okay, like, I can hug my mom and then go do my exam and, you know, like, feel like I have my family around me yeah. to support me. Um, and that was basically what happened, like, <laughs> like, during the exam day, my mom was just having a tea and she was just, like, doing a morning routine and she was, like, uh, just chilling in the lounge or the dining room. And I just went up to her, I just hugged her, and then she was like, okay, okay, good Aww. boy, okay, okay. I'm sure she misses that, you know, just like yeah, having yeah. Her, uh, her son, like, going to school, having exams, <laughs> you know? like she, You could tell she was, like, irritated and annoyed, but yeah. that's the best part, you know? I, like, I want to annoy her. That is so sweet. I'm like, ma, please, I'm doing exam. what should I do? Yeah, it's okay, you'll do fine. And then my mom was like, okay, good boy, good boy, like, I'm a dog or something. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thank mom <laughs> yeah so next couple of weeks just really good and the wedding happened two days before i had to fly off to new zealand oh. yeah so we had it in a place called Jandabai, um which uh, is a rainforest resort beautiful yeah yeah no air conditioners for all the kiwis that's heat pumps um yep. <laughs> so no air conditioners it was just pure fan but the place was built really well for ventilation mm. and it was just a beautiful spot you could hear like the sounds of the rainforest oh. um the fauna as well the, the animals were just there like the monkeys that is so malaysia yeah yeah very much the most malaysian location it was an intimate wedding as well um, not many people and we just invited the good vibes people you know yeah, like, good, um, vibes. yeah good vibes yeah um, not your whole kampong yeah no, whole... No, no. <laughs> it was de- definitely the most modern and unique Chinese wedding I've been to No, mm. none of those round table stuff like ah. it was three long tables three super long tables Ooh. and then we just had like uh, family together so I was part of the groomsmen um, and uh, we did the whole so for, for context as well in Malaysia uh, it depends on your culture and your race. Sometimes, like the weddings, can be a bit different in Chinese culture. We do these things called um, gate crashing games, right? Ah. And gate crashing means like you have to go to the um, the bride's house and then crash their gate, right? And to do so, you need to go past the 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 bridesmaids and the trials they've set up for yeah. the groom, yeah. right? <laughs> right. So as your as the groomsman, it is your duty and your role and your responsibility to protect your boy. You know, you got to gotta, help him. Yeah, exactly. And so you go through the trials for him because he's worth it. Yeah. In China, I believe Ooh. the groom has to do it himself, but the groomsman in <laughs> Malaysia, we got our back. You know, we got the boys back. Yeah. yeah so I had to get my like parts of my body part uh, body um waxed. <laughs> So like wax strips and then yeah, I think my sister did it for me. She she was enjoying it so much. My uh, elder sister, she was like, Sean, you ready? <laughs> I like, love smack. how fun this is. It makes the wedding like so memorable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was just I didn't think about work and um I could finally just let go and just enjoy myself and do some well, I had to do some heavy lifting, you know, just like move some chairs around and but it was yeah. so worth it, you know. It was just such a nice feeling. And seeing my sister's friends again, like Aww. people from her high school and stuff 
who've watched me grow up, right? Yeah. And then now I'm a like almost an adult now, or like young adult, right? Mm. Um, who is mature enough to have mature conversations. Um, it was so weird, but it was also so cool. Like, it just brought back so much nostalgia. Yeah. Mm. And one last funny story about the wedding. Um, during the ceremony, right? And when they were saying their vows, we had monkeys in the distance. <gasps> we had monkeys. We couldn't see them, but we could hear them. So you could just hear, Right? Oh wow! Yeah, and and everybody was just laughing so much. Um, that is such a Malaysian wedding, though. Yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> right, right. And then uh, everybody was like, "The monkeys are happy too," you know. They're part of the wedding. Yeah, exactly. They're invited. Yeah, yeah. And the weather was just perfect. It's just perfect, beautiful, sunny skies. Not too hot as well because you're in a rainforest. It's a bit cooler yeah. as well. So a lot of the rainforest vegetation helped to like get rid of that. Yeah, um, and um. There was the only time where all five of us, so I have four siblings, right? So all five of us were together physically because like one of us was always like busy with schoolwork yeah. or like busy with like their work life and then or like traveling or something. Uh, and my sister, my younger sister got COVID as well oh. before the wedding. So on the day of the wedding, she tested negative. <gasps> yeah. And we were like, you know, like, thank God or whoever's out there. <laughs> you know, like, thank God this happened. So she couldn't attend the ceremony, unfortunately, but then she did come for the reception like That's later good. at night. Yeah. So... Um, we got the whole gang back together, like finally before I went off as well. Uh, yeah, so it just goes to show you, like you know, no matter what happens, like some things just work out, and I was just very glad and grateful I got to be part of that experience. I am so happy for you. Like even hearing this just makes me think about like, okay, so for my next Malaysian trip, like yeah, I need yeah. to be prepared for things like that. Yeah, and you know there was about a lot of things that I wasn't used to because I been living in New Zealand for quite some time so like reverse cultural shock for mm, so example. what's changed what yeah. were the things that you realized yeah. so this is a term that I feel like a lot of people don't really use much which is reverse cultural shock right but it's more prominent now during well since COVID hit because a lot of people haven't been back for time and they've had to get used to living their lives abroad for a long time um, so it's just basically like getting used to cultural factors that you're not used to even though you grew up like around that thing uh, so what's changed? I guess just people in general. Like I really love the, well, I really love Dunedin for just like a very outgoing and very open sort of like uh, people. And that's not to say that Malaysians aren't open. It's just a different sort of stoic culture where mm. it's more like people won't really like mind. They'll they'll mind your their business a lot more, and keep to themselves a little bit more. Um, and that's something like I wasn't like oh man like this sucks right no it was more like oh yeah I forgot people like this <laughs> right um, yeah. and even even then right you go into like stores you go into restaurants like you can still have those like open and like outgoing interactions and be like um, and in, in the most Malaysian way possible right yeah. in the first two days I got back like the amount of Malay and um, Mandarin that I had to use was like <laughs> oh my gosh it went from like zero to a 500% yeah. like, increase you know <laughs> Um, yeah, and I still, you know, practice my languages today. So if I call my mom, I would speak like in Mandarin and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but it was just cool to just use that again and be part because it just activates a different part of your brain. Yeah, right? well, it, languages do that. Yeah, There's exactly. A part right? different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so cool to just be able to use that a bit more often as yeah. well, and the slang, you know, like um. Just being able to use all the Malaysian slang and just like go full Malaysian mode, like back home, like oh, yeah. okay lah, let's go lunch lah, okay, uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just nice to like take that back. 
Um, other factors is the people. There's just so many people. So many. <laughs> so many people. Like going to shopping malls and stuff. Like people in Malaysia, they use, a, they, they're very strict on the masks. Um, so that's just part of the culture, right? Um, and I, I'm the same because I had that upbringing. Um, but it was just weird to see the sort of dichotomy between like the New Zealand culture of like mask wearing versus like Malaysia culture of mask wearing. Yeah. And like how people sort of behave as well. Um, and I guess people, Back home, like there's a lot more heat in terms, what well, literal heat. Like I'm talking about literal heat, like <laughs> okay. weather wise, right? Temperature yeah. wise. So like people almost get like flustered really easily. Yeah. So they're like, ah, oh, it's too hot, right? And then they get these like frustrations from the hot, hotness of the weather. Yeah. And then like they might be like flustered at times or like um few outbursts of like, oh my god, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. Like leave me alone mm. and stuff. So it's not the people. It's actually the weather affecting. Yeah, yeah. Them. I definitely think it's the weather. Yeah, because like if I would be in that heat, like all they, like, I could feel it after a week or two. Like being yeah. back, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I need to cool down. Literally. Yeah. Mm. And it's interesting how the weather really affects you know your emotions yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and talking more specifically, like just being around my sisters, mm. like it's been two and a half years and a lot can change in two and a half years. Yeah. True. And I was not the same person I was when, you know, I was last back in Malaysia. So that was like one of the biggest challenges because I sort of adopted a lot of like New Zealand, like, uh, cultural, like stuff, right. Yeah. Cultural factors. Um, like for example, just being, um, quite respectful in the sense like Malaysians when we talk right we are very direct in yeah. the terms of uh, can you do this right can you do this <laughs> for me right in uh, New Zealand it's a bit more like oh I hope you don't mind can you help me out Would with you this please? Yeah. yeah right uh, I w- you can say it's a bit more polite but then even back home that is like polite it's like hey can you do this for me Allah? Can I think, uh, thank you thank you you know right? yeah. it's just a different way of doing things right yeah. and that was something I wasn't used to so like even even with my sisters and I would bicker and like argue like we used to right like I could tell I was much more like um, like a different person yeah. like in that moment I'm like okay I didn't by the way I'm not trying to start something I'm just you know just trying to have a conversation, you know. I'm just saying this yeah, it's for more the sake. Conversational of, yeah, based I'm just like, yeah, yeah. As the Kiwis say, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I love right? it. Right, and then to to say that in a Malaysian way, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> that is so not Malaysian. <laughs> right, it's it's so Malaysians weird. Malaysians put it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they don't say it. <laughs> they don't say so, it. Yeah, they just do it. <laughs> yeah, and like stuff like um, because I tend I tend to like talk a lot, but. Like saying stuff like this is from the OESA role too, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, we've had a bit of discussion around this. Um, I reckon we put a pin on this. <laughs> Did you actually say that to your sister? Yeah, yeah. And and they're like, oh my god, what happened to you? <laughs> you're not the different show. Like, I used yeah. to be so wild, and then what are you now? You Suddenly know, you're um, printing stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or the, the most kiwis like the, uh, we'll burn, we'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then my sister's like, why do you sound like an old man? <laughs> I'm like, don't blame me, man. Blame the meetings, right? I, yeah. I work with old men. Oh my god, that is so funny. I I have stopped thinking about how normal things are here. And I think I'll, I'll actually realize that when I go home, like there will be conversations I have with my uh, siblings or my cousins that I will feel like, oh my god, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I, It definitely makes me happy that... um. Aww. They've received me in such a way. And they still like ask me, do you want to go out lunch, you know, while you're here? Like, I'll take you out and all that. 
Um, so I think the distance has brought me and my sisters closer for sure. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to my family and, you know, I'm very grateful for them and I love you guys so much. Mm. Um, and even like the day of the, after the wedding, right? Like when we were leaving, I didn't know because like my sister was going, like not on honeymoon because like um, they were planning that for like later, like down the line. But girls trip, you know, bridesmaids only, right? Um, and I didn't know that I, I forgot about that. They told me like five times apparently, right? But you know, as their little brother, I annoyingly did not listen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. So, uh, it was at like the last lunch we had at the restaurant near the wedding venue. Um, and we were just about to head off, and my two elder sisters, they're like, "Bye, see you," and like, whenever, uh. <laughs> right? And I'm like, "Where are you going?" Right. Oh, we're going like this place. Uh, and then I was like. Wait, when 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 were you supposed? To, what? <laughs> like, I was like just fumbling around. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. And then I just like held up my arms, outstretched them. I was like, give me a hug. Like, I want hug, great. Um, and all three of us, like me and my two big sisters, like we just like embraced each other, and then we were just crying. Aww. You know, I'm like, oh, like, uh, thank you for the month that I've spent here, and I, you know, really appreciate it. Like the time that we could spend together, and, you know. Um, congratulations on getting married. <laughs> and, and, uh, it was just so nice to just be able to say goodbye and, um, bring their love with me to New Zealand. Cause I think that was the main thing that I was missing. Like, just, well, the distance, I knew they loved me, but it's just important physical. to physically, yeah. like, you know, be a bit more intimate sometimes and mm. just like, hug them, um, and bring that support with us, you know? Um, so bittersweet, but very, very touching. And by hearing this, I really hope people understand that, you know, international students face this, yeah. like, daily. Like, I'm not an international student anymore, but I haven't been home for three years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or three or four years, I think. It's like, um, we have something else going on, despite, like, our life here. Like, as much as we are grateful, there are so many things that we don't have because we're not with our family. Um, and, you know, thank you so much, Sean, for sharing that story. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like, now I'm really excited to go home. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah, dropping look forward everything. To it, look forward to it. Yeah. And to end off on that note with um, the international students, um, yeah, a lot of them, like, their families can come for graduation and now they have a date to look forward to. So the uncertainty is definitely done away now so mm. a lot of people can plan their trips right and they're looking forward to it so there's the aspect of homesickness that has been sort of slowly reducing down and down and down mm. yeah. i love that i have a date as well where yeah. i'm leaving oh i'm so happy yeah um you know something that me and faris my husband what we're doing now is there's this youtuber kumar kumar's family i'm not sure if you know him rings uh, a bell yeah, so he is a migrant in the U.S., um, so he's Malaysian-Indian. Um, he marries a uh, U.S. Uh, woman, and American woman, I don't say U.S. Woman. U.S. woman. <laughs> An American woman. America. Um, but he is like the ambassador of Malaysia. He does all the wow. food reviews of Malaysia. He, like, uh, he talks about Malaysian culture. He... Um, practices Eid, he practices Ramadan, you know, yeah, all the yeah, Malaysian yeah. stuff. And 
Um, he's now back in Malaysia, so he's been traveling and doing all these vlogs. Like Kumar. that is Kumar's family, like uh, Kumar K U M A A R Kumar's family. Um, I really recommend people who are you know wanting to learn more about Malaysian culture <laughs> yeah, in general, yeah. or Malaysians who want to feel like they're part of something bigger than their life here in New Zealand. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like um, I, I always get this sense of pride every time Malaysia gets represented on like the media, yeah. and it's just amazing to be able to share that with like all the people here in New Zealand mm. um, but also them leaning into just like being there for me and being able to like also like talk about these issues and talk about like these topics like it's just such a good way to connect with people and to widen your worldview. Yeah and Malaysia just had its independence day. Yeah Madika. <laughs> and um, did you see the Perarakan which is um, what's Perarakan in English? Perarakan. Uh, Parade, parade, parade. Yeah, yeah. yeah did you yeah. see people posting videos about the parade? Yeah. Did you see the Milo truck? And did you see the fireman? <laughs> yeah, the fireman was just flexing, right? So yeah, yeah. there's this like fire truck that was going through the parade just for the people who are listening, right? And there's this guy who's like super buff, right? Like, guy works out, man, and then he's just flexing his muscles like throughout the parade, you know? Actually, they were all buff, so yeah, I think yeah. the management understood the assignment. They yeah, actually yeah, yeah. purposely put people who are like you know good looking. God, they waited for this day for yeah. a long time. You could tell it's like all my gains I could show off to the they world. They deserve yeah. recognition yeah, though yeah. for all their hard work as a fireman and also for being good looking. Yeah, yeah, they were, they, they were definitely like they were like yeah, rocket. Yeah, look know? at me. <laughs> Yeah. That, that is Malaysian culture supporting yeah. those people who yeah, are out there yeah and the Milo trucks <laughs> the Milo trucks so um, Milo trucks are such uh, and a Malaysian high like school icon yeah. so we so we have like the Milo trucks coming in and we get free drinks usually during a day we call sports day sports and it's day. usually like where we play all these games and activities and you know sports um, mm. as the name implies and there was just the best moment, the best highlights. It's always the Milo truck. Right? Somehow it tastes better than the ones we make yeah. at home. Apparently, I saw this post where there's like four pictures of Milo, right? And then one is like home Milo, one is like Mamak Milo. Mamak is a restaurant in Malaysia, very common. Uh, and Milo truck Milo and like just all different sorts of like ways to make Milo, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, it's not the same. I've always had to explain our fascinating obsession with <laughs> Milo, Milo as a culture <laughs> yeah. to a lot of people, uh-huh. right? Um, Milo. <laughs> yeah, Milo, bro. Milo ice, please. Huh? Um, Milo ice. Yeah. Oh, and Milo dinosaur. <laughs> Milo dinosaur. Oh my god. Okay. I went to Christchurch the other day and they had Milo dinosaur and I cried. It's yeah. like, okay, so Milo dinosaur, like, it's it's so funny the name, but I don't know. Because, okay, so Milo dinosaur means it's Milo, but you add a bit more powder on top of the ice. Yeah. Imagine a mountain of Milo powder just yes. on top of like a ready full jug or like mountain of Milo yeah right and it's almost like you know how you have coffee or like some lattes and they add this like sprinkle of like cinnamon yeah, yeah imagine a mountain of that but Milo <laughs> a mountain yeah, yeah that's why it's called mount- dinosaur dinosaur you know? yeah <laughs> oh such Malaysian things yeah yeah I've had to explain Milo to a lot of people so many times I know um oh wow so we've talked a lot about stuff here (laughs) and i wish we really have more time but before we leave um sean what are you looking forward to in the future in the future yeah tomorrow or next year or 10 years (laughs) oh man tomorrow next year 10 years you want me to go one by one (laughs) yeah you can (laughs) 
tomorrow I want to have a good sleep in mm-hmm. um, and really just well my tattoo is still healing so I really just want to take care of myself before the semester starts again so it's mid-term break right now so I just really want to chill out mm. and just make sure that I've got some me time to just like get ready and get prepared for the months to come uh, next year uh, I'm hoping to graduate Ooh. yeah woohoo and, and then I'll continue studies. Oh. Wait, what? Continue? Honours, honours. No, <laughs> I, I, I was happy for you. No, okay, 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 okay. To be decided on that. But then main thing is I am graduating. So I am graduating next year uh, around August. So that's going to be cool. Uh, y'all are invited, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Yeah, it's a long time coming. And I delayed my graduation so my family could come too. So yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. So that's next year. And like, I'm hoping to, you know, just really enjoy myself in New Zealand. Another year in New Zealand. Yeah. Just to like really explore and branch out a little bit even more. Like I'm hopeful to see where this takes me. In 10 years, I don't know, man. <laughs> so far <laughs> in 10 years i hope to be buff and ripped you know wow. nah, I'm <laughs> i just hope to be in a healthy state of mind have a yeah. good like career um and just enjoy regardless of what the career is i just hope i'm happy and i'm content with life yeah and i've got good people around me i love that yeah whether it be girlfriend or wife wow, or whatever, uh, wow. <laughs> all right thank you but that's that. the next time <laughs> I've missed you so much and I feel like this is such a great catch-up for us. Aww. Yeah, and you know, I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for having me thank again. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. I had so much fun. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.